There's a difference to me between going to Target and buying something and doing electrical work. I mean, very true, <laughs> but I, th I think we can see where those like align a little bit. Sure. I, um, as a safety first person, anything that comes with a risk of injury, I'm like, who's the right person for this? Yes. Like when Justin wanted to redo our bathroom, I was like, okay. Yeah. He did it. It's, I mean, right. He did. I mean, we had a plumber come in to fix a couple of things, yeah. but he did it. And so it's also to your point, it is possible, but like, I think there's a difference between going through Starbucks and getting a coffee every day than hiring your local electrician whose sole work is an electrician yes. and that's his joy. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but like one of his joys in life is he chose this career that's, yes. you know, people who are working at Starbucks. I mean, maybe. Yeah. That's their space. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like there's a difference there. I mean, there definitely is. I can I can see that. But I think this is a good place to get okay. started <laughs> because I know, I mean, you're, you speak to the risk reward of things yeah. because I know like, you know, in the past, like you did work as an occupational therapist and mm -hmm. like. I remember, you know, the first time I met you, like, years ago, you were talking about, like, oh, man, like, stop me if this gets a little bit too rough, but, <laughs> like, I just had this patient come in and, like, that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, tell me about your experience with that and, like, how that worked. Because, I mean, it's like we all go through these, you know, phases yeah. in life where, you know, we do a career and then we learn so much about it and then we want to move yeah, on like and do other things. Yeah, into something else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess when I was in grad school, I was really interested in like traumatic work and in this case, trauma being like a traumatic hand injury, right? Yes. So not trauma, like a, an emotional trauma, but, um, so I was working in outpatient hand therapy for about nine years. And so I would just see post-surgical, um, traumatic injuries to the hand. And so I think the Dang. story I was telling you was like, I'm sure some sort of like, uh, hand versus machine yes. story, which I won't go into um, <laughs> here, but those were the things that I would see every day. And so in that, in that realm, you, I didn't, never really thought of that being trauma, right? Yes. I looked at it as the injury. They were coming in. I was the therapist, the hand therapist, and I was helping them learn how to work through and heal or rehab their injury. Um, and so for the first, I don't even know, maybe like six or seven years, that was my job. Like it was very transactional. They would come in, you know, we would do exercises or manage their swelling or whatever it was. Right. And it was a transaction of, uh, an interaction, you know, a transaction that we were having. It wasn't necessarily looking at that full person. Um, but once I got more confident in the skills, like I started noticing that I like would ask more questions about the person or what they were interested in, or, you know, starting to get a more holistic look of the person. And as an occupational therapist, our foundation is looking at the entire person. But when yeah. you get into certain areas of your work, you know, you specialize, right? You start to get, you know, that tunnel vision into what you're doing. And it's easy to lose sight of looking at the person or the injury as a whole form. And so I started noticing that that was happening a lot in um, 
the outpatient rehab world, or for me specifically. So a person would come in and maybe I wouldn't have the opportunity to look at everything that was going on, right? My role in that 45 minutes was just to help their finger injury. And so they're telling me all of this stuff that's going on, how now they're afraid to use a knife and now they're not in the kitchen as much and their, their spouse or their partner is cooking now and they've lost this joy because they're fearful of, and I can't address any of that because, you know, I only have 45 minutes to like go through their exercises or whatever. Exactly. And so that started to like wear on me a little bit. Like I wanted more, I wanted to have more time, more connection to build that relationship in a broader sense. Um, and I, I say this sometimes, like I was very micro, right? So I'm working with micro surgeons. We're doing micro surgeries. We're doing, you know, small injuries and that person is a macro system. Oh yeah. Right. And so I'm like, there has to be a way to blend this a little bit more. So, um, there's always so much detail and nuance to like a human being as a whole. Right. And it's something that we just like so quickly overlook because we're so like, you know, like you said, tunnel vision focused Mm -hmm. in on that specific thing. Someone came in because they needed an outlet fix. They needed their finger rehab. They needed, you know, their blood sugar figured out. There's all these things and we get like, you know, blindsided to the like whole system that's causing that. And then we end up in this society where, you know, people are showing up like, hey, I need you to fix my hand now. And it's like, okay, I have a hundred questions I need to ask you because there's something in your life that is causing this. And if you want me to actually help, I need to be able to get to the root of that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges with, I call it corporate healthcare. I don't know if that's an accurate term, but like, um, we don't have somebody that you can go to, to like mediate where where your, your issues are fixed, right? It's like you have a primary care doctor, you have a specialist, you have a dietitian. you, it's like all separated out. And it's like, there's not a spot or a space where you can go to like, I don't even know what I'm trying to say, like a hotline, right? Like I need help with this thing. I mean, that was like the concept of the family doctor back in the day. They were the person that like knew you intimately and your family and everything that went on. But like, you know, with the booming population and when you look at the reality that, you know, I mean, I just heard a statistic today that it's like there's 2 million jobs opening up in our healthcare system. And yeah, it's like kind of terrifying. But when I think about it, everyone that I know is running away from it as fast as humanly possible because similar to like the experiences I know you've talked about in the past, like it's hard for them to actually like do something that's reasonable and helpful uh, to get people better in their life. You're you're just kind of stuck in your job, right? Not to say that that's not a good thing. Like you're, I'm trained to do these skills, but that doesn't mean I ha- don't have interests in growing those skills outside of this one frame of reference. Yes. And so it's like, but I can't always incorporate those things. And so that's where it got challenging for me because I started working with craniosacral therapy. I started working with like Reiki healing. I started getting into functional movement and I wanted all of those things to be incorporated into therapy or rehab but when you work in a specific area it's just not 
that's just not the framework that they practice in, which is fine. Like we need people doing acute traumatic hand therapy, but I realized that that was no longer like my personal calling. Yes. I still love a hand therapy patient. Like I am passionate. I am working with somebody who has thumb pain, who has elbow pain, who has shoulder pain. Like I'm passionate about fixing or not fixing, um, helping somebody resolve chronic issues in all forms. Um, but I realized that I didn't want to only do that. Right. There's, there's so many ways to look at somebody that is outside of just the one area that they're having pain. Yes. And who knows where it's, you know, the origin of that. We have to, we have to be the investigator, right? We have to investigate our bodies. Yeah. And that, that leads you to, I know you've been like absolutely crushing it lately with like posting reels and helping people there. Like, tell me about that journey a little bit. Like, I know when I first met you, it was like, you know, I'm doing all the yoga stuff. I'm getting people mobile and moving and like. You know, I think you were probably one of the first people I saw that was like actually kind of doing that like little bit of a crossover. Like you were doing the strength training, but you were also doing yoga because yeah. like you were so like acutely tuned into how people move, how people need to build strength and joint mobility and all these other things. But now it's like I see and I think some of the things that you've helped me personally with is like mm-hmm. finding that like nervous system balance yeah how to connect with like breath how to realize like oh i'm sitting at a computer all day my neck is getting tight like yeah. what's going on um yeah tell me a little bit more about yeah that. i think um i've always been an advocate for preventative health and so in school we learn a small amount of preventative health and coming out of grad school there isn't really um job opportunity in that frame of reference unless you have like um like business background right and so there's this crossover where it's like that whole um you can't get the job unless you have the experience but you can't get experience unless you have the job right it's like that whole paradox that paradox right and so i kind of let it pass by i was like okay you know maybe at some point i can share preventative health techniques down the line yeah right 12 years later here i am and I feel really passionate about like the body is intricate, right? The body is deep and we have to learn our bodies. Like if we don't take agency over our own movements, over our own health, then it makes things really challenging, right? And so when we have, you know, all of this, um, persistent pain or persistent discomfort or like you were saying like your neck hurts after sitting at a computer all day and we let that go we don't do anything preventative to say oh you know this past week my neck's been hurting maybe i should you know look into my posture my ergonomics of my desk my core strength how i'm breathing right we let it go and we get to the point where now we have neck pain every day we can't turn our head to the side and there's there is a um, gap in between strength training and yoga and mobility. And there isn't a place, there is, there is a place where it does come together, but it's not prominent. And so it's like, you can go to a yoga class. I'm gonna go to yoga because my neck hurts. But that class isn't necessarily going to fix your specific issue. It's gonna help you, right? Learn to be in tune with your body. And it's gonna give you the benefits of yoga, but 
there's a missing piece there, right? You go to yeah. strength train and you're not training specifically to you. And so I feel like it's really important to start to, to learn our own specific needs. Like what does my body need and be an advocate for that. So it's like, I know that I need, you know, and maybe you don't know what you need. And so you yeah. find somebody who can help you. Hey, let's, let's dig a little deeper into your neck pain. How's your breathing? What's yeah. your pelvic position? How is your ribs moving? Right? Are you tuned into your body? And does your nervous system allow you to tune into your body? Right? Yes. Do you take the time to come out of your head and drop into the experience that you're having within your body? And that is a that is a whole other ballpark, right? We can go through the movements of yoga or strength training or squatting or yeah. the mobility, whatever. But if we're not connected to it and we're not connected to our body, then there's still going to be a disconnect. Yes. So I think that my passion currently, um, and as somebody who has multiple passions who, um, that change and morph and grow, <laughs> um, my current, like I'm really passionate about just encouraging people to get to know their nervous systems better. And I know that sounds like a, a silly statement or a hard to understand statement. But what I mean is like, like deep listening to what you're doing. So if that makes it, sense. It sounds super <laughs> like fringe and edge casey, but I think like one of the things that kind of blew my mind and like it was a culmination of like everything we have been talking about and then hitting like mainstream. Yeah. Uh, so I think it was last year, uh, one of those like strong men, the world's strongest man, yes. half Thor, that guy. Yep. Oh yeah. He set the deadlift record, he that sure whole situation mm -hmm. situation, whatever. I probably six months prior to that, it, it was like right around Arnold's 2020, somewhere in there. It was okay. like, you know, the first time I got to really go see some sort of like athletic event like that yeah. in, in person, person. Yeah. get to see these you people. You like feel like, the energy. Yeah, you can yeah. feel the energy. You can like watch as this guy's literally lifting up, you know, half the weight <laughs> of my car like he's, you know, bringing yeah. in the groceries. Totally. Uh, but the thing that blew my mind was in that whole thing, the biggest problem that people run into when they do these massive deadlifts, when they're, you know, doing these crazy workouts is their nervous system is the first thing to fall apart. Yeah. And I like started diving down the rabbit hole of this and learning and it's like, oh, actually like, you know, that's why they say like, you know, a mother can lift a grand piano off of their yeah. kid who's trapped under it because your body is capable of doing whatever it needs to. Yeah. And as long as you can send the right electrical signal yeah. to the right body parts, you're capable of things beyond anything you know. Sure. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of wild, but once I started like learning that, it's been interesting because now I'm starting to like learn how to like reprogram the yeah. way that I like move and like my mobility and all yeah. that stuff. Um, because it's one of those things that it's like when you just accept an injury, when you just accept this is the way things are, mm -hmm. But then you start learning about how you can like reprogram your nervous system There's and your so brain and like all these different things. It just like it opens up the world of opportunities. Mm -hmm. If we can, if our bodies can feel safe and feel supported, then new pathways are always available. But if we're in a state of not feeling safe, 
and not feeling grounded or connected, then those old patterns or old pathways or what you're talking about are like um, feedback loops are going to yeah. stay intact, right? And it's not bad. They're not necessarily bad movement patterns, but they're patterns that cause pain or patterns that cause tightness or patterns that cause the inability for you to go out and run a marathon yeah. right now, right? And so to get those feedback loops to change, we have to slow down. We have to really understand that like just because we're doing a squat doesn't mean that we're targeting the right muscles, right? Just yeah. because you're going out and running doesn't mean that you're engaging the structures that you need to run without pain, right? Yes. And so there's a there's a there's a challenge there because, you know, we're taught to do these things to resolve this issue, right? There are these set exercises. There's this thing called the runner's 10, right? Yep. The runner's 10 exercises will help you be able to run again. Yep. But if nobody is going through that with you and saying, hey, do you really understand how it feels to connect to this muscle, how it feels to activate this muscle? Do you know in your mind how to engage in your body that area? then you can go through those exercises all you want. And maybe over time, right, months later, you'll have some, you know, good outcome from that. But yeah. just think if you were able to slow down and really understand what it means to connect to your quads, connect to your adductors, whatever yeah. the muscle is, right? And really understand that you have the power to like be in that area of your body to become more optimal like that's powerful and it doesn't really take being a strong man like oh, it exactly. doesn't take lifting a car it takes you in your body listening connecting feeling these are our senses right things yeah. that are innate to us that's what it takes right and then we add load then we add stress then yes. we add stimulation but we we can't put the cart before the horse yeah and i think yeah. that that's why we have a chronic you know, injury state, because I'm also, you know, this happens to me too. Like yeah. I, I want to do what I want to do at we're, times, right? We're our own worst, you know, yeah, whatever. We're all, we're all driven to that, like, you know, lazy state. We all want to have that time of relaxation. We just want to sit on the couch and watch our favorite TV show right. or whatever. Uh, I'm I think currently that, watching a terrible television show. Oh my it's God. like the Charmed reboot. Don't watch it. But Why? anyway. Just wanted to share something personal. There's so many, so many good TV <laughs> I mean, shows out there. It is horrible, oh but I'm obsessed with it. Anyway, on, um, on the flip side, if you need something better, we just finished season two of Only Murders in the Building. Oh, and it is, you know, I wanted to watch that. If you haven't watched it, it's so good. Okay, okay, and that's good to 10 know. Ten out of ten, it'll like Selena Gomez, your, right? Yeah, okay. Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, oh, Martin Short. Oh, crap. oh my gosh, it's oh, oh, oh. okay, fabulous. Well, 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 absolutely. I'll fabulous. flip to that instead of okay. Charmed the yeah. reboot. <laughs> gosh, so, um, but yeah, so it's like this. What what I was gonna say is Please. like I so I feel like what I'm hearing is translating you, my no, jam. I'm like I, my uh, you know. What's it called when you just talk, you know, like just your like your ramblings? Um, yeah, my ramblings, or like when you just are in the flow state. Yeah. Right, just and like just stuff just comes out of you, and you you're like, this is like deep inside, you know. Yeah. Anyway. No, I think I think out. it's great. It's fine. I like don't edit anything out of this, so you know it's all gonna be in there. It's fine. Uh, but I think like one of the things that I'm like picking up from this is, would you say that like, 
if you're trying to like learn a new skill, connect to a new muscle, maybe focusing on spending time breathing and getting yourself into your like, you know, parasympathetic nervous yeah. system as much as humanly possible so that you can have those feelings of safety, rest. For sure. Those are synonymous. Like, yeah. You know, help wire your brain and like connect with those muscles that you're trying to feel for maybe the first time in your life. Yeah. For sure. That the breath, and I talk about this a lot in sessions, the breath is like the entryway into the nervous system. Yes. Right? The breath is autonomic, right? It's automatic. We don't have to technically think about it. It happens without us even doing anything. But we also have this amazing power to actually tune into it yes. and to use it to drop into the body. And I like to say that like even the exhale is like our pathway into the body. So each time that you take a breath out is an opportunity for you to drop into your environment, right? And so if whoever's listening to this just took a few moments to like breathe, I think yeah. a lot of people would notice that they spend a lot of time in inhalation oh, and yeah. not a lot of time in exhalation. And so that inhalation, and this is kind of a, you know, my own thought on this, but like the inhalation is a stimulant, right? It's yeah. bringing in energy. It's bringing in stimulation. It's, you know, fight or flight, um, not directly, but it gets us into that state. And that exhale is a way to come into that parasympathetic state or, or towards that parasympathetic, parasympathetic state. Yeah. Um, woof, tongue, tongue twisters. And so, <laughs> you know, step one, and this might, you know, seem elementary but like step one when i'm working with people is always breathing right yeah. do you sense your breath do you know where your lungs are do you know how to inhale do you know how to exhale and not to not to lower it down but like these are really important ways to stimulate your nervous system not only stimulate your breath increase your oxygen absorption you know improve your oxygen your yeah. blood, like all of the other benefits but Namely, to get down to that level of saying, okay, here I am. Just breathe. It's oh, you super know? interesting. I, you probably already know this, but like this kind of blew my mind. You were saying like, you know, your breathing is your autonomic system. Yeah. I think, I don't want to say this with certainty That's and okay. get it canceled on the <laughs> internet, but like, <laughs> I think the only other autonomic system is your heartbeat maybe there's probably there's more. there are like, others like your blinking. organ function or okay so there are things like, that happen in your body that you don't like you don't have to think about your stomach processing yes food okay so i would say but it's one of the breathing, top ones we'll breathing breathing and heartbeat are the two things that are autonomic that you also have the ability to control on to some a micro level you got it yep because okay, i would one of one of the things i'll like, go kinda, with you here yeah <laughs> No, like the the interesting thing is like you were saying like inhale is your ex your energy you're bringing energy in and exhaling is your relaxing. Yeah. This kind of blew my mind when I heard it the first time. Uh, when you inhale, you're actually creating pressure and space and condensing mm -hmm. the area of your heart. So if you're finding that your heartbeat is a little bit too slow, and you need to like speed it up For a sure. little bit, you inhale and hold those inhales a few times and you compress the space of where your heart cavity mm -hmm. is and you can actually speed up your heart rate. Yes. But then if conversely you want to do the opposite, you yeah. can force your exhales, hold those exhales and provide Create more space, space. Mm -hmm. and then allow everything to really like slow down. And it's crazy. Like for me, I'll notice like if I'm having trouble falling asleep at night, 
and I'm like, my heart's racing, my brain's going a thousand miles an hour. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I know. And it's do. like, it's it feels so counterintuitive and weird to yeah. hold an exhale, but when you like really start to like dive into the like science on it and whatnot, yeah. and like retention your is powerful, carbon dioxide levels and all that other stuff, like it just it's crazy. But yeah. it's also such an easy way that we can connect with our nervous system. Right. It's simple, but it's not easy, right? Yes. I think that's another thing that I love talking about is like just because something is simple doesn't mean it's easy. And just because something yes. is easy doesn't mean that we do it. Yes. And so we have to find what is that simple, easy thing that I'm willing to do that I can really use, right? And yes. so I am such a person who loves complex things, right? And so yes. I love anything that's intrinsic, that's complicated, that's complex. But I'm realizing that like, if we don't allow ourselves space to have simple, easy techniques and tools, then we don't do them, you yeah. know? And it's hard because life is busy and we have lots of responsibilities, all of us, oh, right? Yeah. And so it's like, how can I create space to connect to my body in a simple, easy way that I'm willing to commit to? Step one is just yeah. your breath, right? And you were saying like the breath and the heart, they're, they're directly related to one another, right? Yeah. And so when we can control our breath, we can work to lower our heart rate. We can work to lower, you know, give space for the organs to process, right? When you exhale, you actually like contract the abdomen, which yeah. squeezes the organs, right? And we need those organs squeezed so that when you release that, new blood flows through there. Yep. And I think another, you know, challenge is that not a lot of us know very much about our bodies. Oh, 100%. Which is fine. A lot of people don't want to know too much, right? Fair point. Um but to know some really um powerful roles of your body, role R O L E, right, is incredibly powerful. And that's how we take ownership, right? But if we're not open to even just knowing where things are located in our body and being open to feeling something engage, like those two things can can outweigh any exercise that you do. Oh, 100%. And blow it out of the water when you combine it together. Yeah. It's just uh, we have to allow ourselves simplicity to allow ourselves to then have complexity. Yeah. It, if that like, makes sense. Yeah, no, it 100% does. I, I mean, I think about that every morning. Like, you know, I, back in the day when I was running all the time, mm -hmm. it was super simple to get up and go for a run. Yes. Because you put on your shoes, you, you walk out the go. door, and you just go. There's no real rules to it. Yep. I found out after the fact <laughs> there are there some are lots rules, of rules to but it. Yeah. But yeah. for the most part, you get up, you go for a yeah, run. Yeah, it's free. You, it's free. You yeah. free you have your thing now on the flip side of that as like you know i've like talked about it a little bit on instagram you know trying to rehab this like knee situation yep. which like arguably i've like my my story i've been telling myself and others is like and i'm realizing the power of this yes uh, mm -hmm. but the story i've been telling others is this was the result of running without the proper like converse strength training and that's what caused this injury but it was after doing like probably two months worth of, 
you know, strength training, mobility work, mm-hmm. understanding activation and movement and joint, you know, hip internal yeah, like and mechanics, external rotation, yeah. body mechanics. After like a few months of all that and doing some of that work to like fix things and seeing the visible change, I tried to go for a run and still had the same problems. Yeah. And then it clicked in my head, like after like arguably having to spend like another probably two to three hours on the internet, yeah, digging, digging through so much information <laughs> yeah, so much. to realize like, oh, it's actually, all of that mobility stuff is great. And yes, it solved one of my problems. Yeah. But like, you can't stretch out a tendon in six months to be back to your like marathon running days length if for the past six years you've been sitting at a desk and occasionally getting out and moving. Yeah. And like, I would say I probably move more than most yeah, people. Yeah, you're, you're active. I'm fairly active. Yeah. But I would say compared to someone who's waking up and going for that 10-mile run every day or 15-mile run, like whatever they're doing, yeah, that's where it's I need to be. It's a different, it's a different structure. It's a yes. different. And I think we talked about this a little bit too. Like just because we do mobility work doesn't mean that that mobility work is going to translate to running. Yes. Right. So we can't guarantee that I'm improving my external rotation of my hip. And so when I go for a run, it's going to do that. That takes time, right? How long, like you said, how long do we spend in a stationary position versus how long do we spend in these mobility positions? And we want the body to say, got it. You know, you've done it for a month. Check. Check. Yep, I understand now, and now I'm going to directly apply it to running. The body's incredible. Don't get me wrong. Like, it is insane. But, like, we have to then use our consciousness to apply those same techniques to running and tie that thread together, right? And some people, don't get me wrong, some people can do that and then go out and run. Like, we have genetics that are the spectrum of genetics, right? And so we have to be open to that might be possible for some people. It's not possible for everybody, right? And so we have to start to, again, bring those worlds together. It's not two separate things. This is lifestyle, right? It's not mobility work. I mean, it is, right? But it's like, what's my lifestyle? What am I doing to make sure that I'm able to participate in the things that bring me joy every day? that should be part of my lifestyle, right? Very it's like if so. we change our mindset around it and it's not, oh, I have to do my mobility work tonight because, you know, I am I do this, right? This is me. Yeah. I'm just speaking to myself to like, you know, knock myself on the side of the head a little bit. But if we changed our, you know, perception of that too and created it as a lifestyle, it's part of us, then that separation gets smaller, Yes. Right. And so then our body's safe. It knows, hey, these are correlated. Now I can apply that together. That's time, right? That's time and you consciously connecting that, those dots. But if we do them separately and we're like, I want A to equal B and there's no nervous system connection, there's no conscious connection, there's no mind body connection there. It may happen, but it's going to take a lot longer just because we're not utilizing our resources. Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think something 
I was just thinking about this probably like an hour before I came over to mm-hmm. record this. And it's something that like kind of nags on me all the time is this idea that like we love modern life, but maybe modern life is like doesn't love us. It doesn't love us. <laughs> it doesn't love us back. I, I like listen, I know you guys love your Amazon and like oh, all that. Amazon. Like, you know, you love to go to Target and get your things Obsessed. at the last second. But like I think the like I don't know. I think about it for me. It's like my you know, with the the thing that freelancers and skilled workers and things that we're constantly told all the time is the way that you're able to like kind of move up in the world is once you stop trading your time for money and you start trading your knowledge for money. Yeah. Because that's something where, you know, I can show up and shoot a video for someone and it takes me an hour, two hours tops, and I can still charge a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars. Right versus that same thing four years ago would have taken me six hours to do and still would have been charging about $1,000, but I'm obviously making way less money. Yeah. And so that's something, but I think that concept, we've kind of taken it to the logical extreme in every aspect of our lives. Yeah. We're so efficient at creating for our basic needs. You know, I mean, I don't remember like what the specific percentages and breakdowns are, but I keep hearing all these things like, oh, your housing should be, you know, 20% of your right. income. Your food, like food in America, people are like, oh, that should be what? like it's terrible, 2 to it? 5% of your income. Like, I'm like, what? is it 30% of our income? We're like almost 80% of our income. Like, it's unreal. I mean, we like, are constantly spending money on food. Yeah. But we want, it, like, well, yes, continue yeah, because I'm, exactly. I'm like, fe- we want, feeling we want where that, you're going. Like, we want that like quality. But like, it's one of those things that like, when you we've done we do so many things in our lives that are not directly correlated to actually like building our life yeah our our actual and our purpose our body our all of our things and it's like i'll get people all the time i'll you know talk about this and be like hey like instead of hiring a gardener maybe like don't work four hours a week at your job and go mow your lawn yourself dig out the weeds you want a garden, maybe go to, you know, Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever your preferred hardware store of choice is and like rent the truck, get the load of dirt, get a shovel and spend three hours shoveling that dirt. And then tell me how you feel at the end of that. Yeah. Because like, hopefully they're doing some warm up for that. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I mean, or you just do it in the middle of summer when it's like 95 (laughs) degrees outside. You're like, I'm 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 ready to go. (laughs) (laughs) So, but like, like all these things I'm like trying to be more consciously aware in my own life like yeah you know obviously I have to do the things that I've developed and built the skill on because I'm not just gonna cut that off and cut off all of my income but for sure at the end of the day I also want to be doing something that like brings me that joy and like gets me that connection and also like builds my body in a way that will allow me to go out for a run whenever I want enjoy moving you know yeah I mean I always like I talk about it all the time but you know getting to see because of like all the health journey and things like my mother-in-law has basically like aged backwards yeah from like the fountain of youth can be yours when you literally just go move your body you learn how to do it right and you you know we all just assume like oh I've got a frozen shoulder I'm never going to be able to do anything with my left arm again Congratulations. You put yourself in a mental cast. 
Yeah. And that's, that's, you know, then we start to look at, I said the fountain youth can be yours. It's, it is a, f- a statement that is silly, right? Kind of, but yes. like we have the ability to tune into our bodies. That's what I mean when I say that, like the, the, the fountain of youth is you, right? Yes. It's not this external thing and youth can mean anything, right? It's like, oh, I can now move my frozen shoulder. Yep. That is aging backwards per se. It's it's resolving something that we didn't think was resolvable. And there are plenty of things that are exempt from this these statements, right? There yeah. are so many things that are unfortunately not in this space of control. But if we have the opportunity to create this lifestyle to work towards optimal awareness, then let's use it, right? Let's let's drop into that space, even if it's something as simple as, again, like knowing where your body's at in space, right? Yep. Knowing where you're, where you're landing, reminding yourself that you have support underneath you, that you have structure in your body, that you have, like you, you, you have the ability to sense yourself. Yes. Right. That can be youthful, right? That's coming back into your like childlike self. It's like, I have a one-year-old. He is totally into knowing where he's at, like feeling everything, sensing everything. And I'm like, we have, we lose that as adults because of all the things that you're talking about, right? Like going to work, hiring somebody to do our yard work, like, there's and that's the challenge is like you you know there's a you know like a seesaw like what are we giving up to get and what are we getting and giving up you know like there's this like teetering um trying to find the balance yeah you have to find the balance and if you want to go out and run a marathon then we got to balance that out in the body right if you want your frozen shoulder you know uh, some frozen shoulders to heal then we have to look at the structures that outside of just your shoulder are influencing that space, right? It's cognitive, it's emotional, it's physical, it's all of those things. And we have to look at those people, those injuries, those diagnoses throughout the whole spectrum. It's not just, oh, the shoulder, you know. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. It's all good. (laughs) I can get on my like rampage on, you know, it's, I, I just want that to be available to everybody, yeah. accessible. So what, what do you feel like we can do to like start to make that more accessible? Cause I mean, I think like from my perspective, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I think, I don't know, I don't want to say I coined the term, but sure. <laughs> a, a concept that kind of came to me a few weeks ago was this idea of like just in time education, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. yeah piggybacking off of the idea of like just-in-time production like you know that was a thing like granted you know global supply chains all of that stuff like we kind of learned that it has its flaws Um, but one of the things that I've noticed for me personally and granted you know I tend to pick things up very very quickly so it kind of works but I'm one of those people that as soon as someone's like oh hey you need to learn about xyz topic yeah you go do it I didn't I didn't need to learn that six months ago, all of the sudden to be relevant in whether it's conversation, whether it's 
connecting, whether it's working with my mobility coach, whether it's working with a strength trainer, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. I go out and I learn it and then you apply it. And I think, you know, I think there should be opportunities for people to learn and apply being in their bodies more and connecting with it. I mean, we all interface with a world, Mm -hmm. you know, it's something that everyone should do. Yeah. I think it's challenging because you have like this go-getter personality, this energy that like, I want this, I'm going to do it, right? And there are lots of different types of personalities out there. There's lots of different types of energy levels, you know? And, Very much so. And so uh, we have to find the avenue. Step one is like, how do I learn, Yes. right? Am I learning by... Um, reading? Am I learning by uh, watching a video? Am I learning by a combination of sensory inputs? That is step one. We need to learn how do I best take in information so that when I go to research ways to improve my, whatever it is, ways to improve my mobility, ways to, you know, lessen my shoulder pain, ways to get back to doing gardening, I know how I'm going to properly take in that information, right? So we have to know ourselves a little bit. Oh, I learn best by being one-on-one with somebody and having them give me tactile feedback to my body so I know how to engage, right? And so then I have to find that source and I have to give myself that grace to say, I deserve to learn the way I learn best. And then we use that skill and then we figure out who that person is or what that video is or you know, what that book is, and we use that resource and we allow it to be integrated into us, right? Because yes. we're, we're stimulating in our, ourselves in a way that we're accepting, right? And that's the challenge with um, a little bit with like social media is that we're taking in all of this information. But if you're not a visual learner, it's just going to move right through. You know, I was talking oh, yeah. to my mom and she was like, you know, I love your videos, but it's hard for me to go, like, I don't remember to go back to them. She's like, I love all of the content that you're putting out or people, or not just me, but I'm her daughter, right? Yeah. But I don't remember to go back to it. And so I said, you know, that's not the way that you learn. You learn, she's like, I think I need one-on-one work. And I said, exactly. Like, so we take time to do that together because she is understanding when I am giving her feedback or somebody is giving her feedback. Yes. And so we just have to, we, if it's important to us, we have to give ourselves the space to learn in the ways that we learn best. I think that step one is is really going back to how do I learn? Like, yeah. how do I take in information best? Oh, 100%. Um, I totally agree with that. That's like, you know, that's, as you said, that's step one. Like, yeah. that's the, the thing that, you know, for me, going through, you know, the school system and trying, you know, as someone who always was willing to do that extra step of yeah. research... You know, for me, it's like I'm a, you know, information. I really don't yeah. care where I get it from. If I can get it through audio and multitask, yeah. cool. If I can watch a video, cool. If I can read a book, cool. If I can read an article, cool. Yeah. You're... If I can spend time with someone and like get that yeah, one on one feedback, I will absorb information regardless of how it comes at me. Yeah. Which I'm thankful for and yeah. feel kind of blessed about. For sure. But I think that hitting that point Mm -hmm. is something that could totally revolutionize and change the way that we think about this because as someone who's aware of that yeah 
you have kind of a unique position to be able to say, hey, you know what? You see this video that I put out. If that doesn't click with you, here's like an article explaining everything yeah. that we did. If that doesn't click with you, here's a 30-minute deep dive of this subject mm-hmm. in audio form. If that doesn't work with you, here, you can schedule a one-on-one appointment with me and we'll go through this. Yeah. And like having those options available, that's something like, I don't know. Yeah. I think like having that available for people and understanding that like, you know, most people, we just like, we see people on the internet and I feel like we usually just assume like there's like one dimension to everything. And it's like, we're so tired of like, mm-hmm. you know, constantly being sold courses and all these things. And we're just like overstimulated by that. And I feel like there's so many, we've unintentionally, by reaching so many people, created more barriers. Yeah. Because people just assume, like, oh, I'm not getting it from the video. Like, I must be a loser. Yeah. It's like, no, that's just not how you learn. Totally. And I think, you know, I'm passionate about when I'm working with somebody, like, asking them, um, I'm going to send you an email. It's going to have pictures. It's going to have written words. It's going to be bold where I really want you to pay attention to. There's going to be a lot of information, but if that's overwhelming to you, focus on the bold print, right? Here is something else I want you to read about. And it's, you know, and then I I always say, if you have, like, ask questions. Like, I want this to be communal. This needs to be, for you to understand is important to me, right? And we want to be with healthcare providers or, anybody who has that energy exchange, you know, and not all outpatient rehab, but you know, where I was, it's hard to do that. It's not the therapist's fault. It's the structure around them. We don't have time to do that. I hand them a piece of paper that has exercises on it that we reviewed. But if that person doesn't understand that way, it makes it really hard for them to, you know, that's why I, I have the ability to do it differently now. But that's not mainstream. Yeah. And so, you know, how do you become an advocate for yourself as a patient to say, hey, I don't really learn this way. You you sent me these pictures. I don't really understand. I can't remember. We went through it one, you know, and I'm like, yeah. okay, let's do another session together. And let's, yeah. let's sim- simplify, uh, simplify it. Like, let's do, instead of six bullet points, because, you know, I love my words, let's yeah. do two bullet points and, and really get succinct about it so that you feel confident Right. When you feel confident, you feel safe. When you feel safe, you can process information. Yes. If you feel overwhelmed and you feel confused and you feel like you like I must just not get it, then that makes it really challenging to learn. Yes. Right. So it's like before, you know, we can breathe, we can do all of this stuff. But, you know, we also need to know how do I take it in and how do I process that information for, you know, for use, not just for um stimulation right because i can like scroll on instagram all day to stimulate something who knows what it is right but for me to really understand something i need like tactile you know i need to feel it like hands i'm a hands-on person learner worker that's just you know how i how i how i thrive best um and so that's so different for everybody because there are lots of people who don't thrive that way and same with you right it's like not everybody can like process information like you can process information. So yeah. yeah, if I would say one thing would be to figure out how you learn and then really jump on that and apply that to things in your body, in your life, in your work, right? And so that you can 
again, like optimal health isn't just like physical health, right? It's mental health, it's emotional health, it's, you know, all of these things coming together to create like the you that's like your being, you know? So holistic. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And, and I think what you had, we had mentioned like early on is like, we've separated out all of these things, right? We kind of talked about specialists or an electrician, somebody does this and somebody does that. And while that's important for people who are having, you know, big issues for people who aren't having big issues, there isn't space for preventative health. That's, that's super open. That's, that's, um, mainstream. How? That's what I, yeah. Yeah. So like, but I feel like from your perspective, I feel like this is like a unique thing that you can talk to because like, you know, I, between Grace and I were like, you know, haven't really been to a traditional hospital in forever. And I feel like most people just kind of go through life living this, like, I'm just going to like keep going till the wheels start falling off and then yeah. the hospital hopefully will fix it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you know, you've, you've experienced those people that come yeah. in with the, you know, crazy injuries and like, arguably our medical system if you come in because you had a hand versus machine accident you're gonna we got you (laughs) you are set but that approach for everything else i feel like how would you encourage or help someone that's like you know you've been on the inside of that system Mm -hmm. you know what is going on and the amount of attention and care most of the people there have the same care towards others that you for do. sure like not trying to say people are just heartless monsters out no, there like they, not they have trying so to take much care of people passion for what they're doing it's just the time is the challenge yeah mm-hmm. and it's like you know like we talk about like you know lifestyle like your work your life like all these things like how how do you feel people can like try and do the best I'm like trying to figure out a way to say this that like doesn't come across as like, you know, people aren't doing enough because obviously everyone has their limits of what they can do. But like if there, I'll I'll make it simple. If there's one thing that someone could do today that would allow, that would give them a disproportionate return on being able to connect the dots, find those other things, connect with their body, what would you say that would be? Um, Pause. And just take some time to take in your senses. You got to start by being present and, and noticing what's going on around you and being able to be in the center of that, if that makes sense. I mean, there are like, you know, there's a top 10 list of ways to do this and do that. Yeah. There's so much action that's available to us. But there's not a lot of space for, like, being. And, like, when we're in the whirlwind of information, it makes it really hard to process. Yeah. And so I think one thing that we can do is, you know, you could go for a, I mean, you could pause and, you know, making it active. But, like, pause with your thoughts. Take a moment to understand your surrounding where am i what's happening around me can i separate myself from my external stimulus what are some personal things that are happening you know the thing where you like five things you see four things you smell three things you hear two things you 
feel one thing, you taste, that might not be the correct thing. But using those, again, simple, not easy techniques to, to understand who you are and to say, okay, I'm in the hustle and bustle of working in a, an emergency room and I'm a doc, you know, it's like that person, those people are stressed. They have a yep. lot going on, you know, and not to say that they don't take those steps, but like we all have our, our, our high stake environment, right? And maybe that's you're at home with your children, right? Maybe that's you're a surgeon. Very different things, but similar stressors on the body, depending on how that person responds to that. And so we have to figure out how can I remove myself a little bit from that chaos to pause, to even if it's like 30 seconds, okay, I'm going to, man, the sun's shining, the trees are green, and I feel myself sitting on the ground. That, you know, builds over time. If we can you know, one thing I can do today that I can do tomorrow, that I can do the next day, that I can do the next day, that I can do the next day is literally like pause and take in your environment. It's simple. It's not easy. It's simple. It's hard to make time for. Yeah. It's simple, but it's not um, something I do every day. Same. Yeah. And so, you know, and again, like, can we make things complicated? Sure. But like, if I can build um, repeatable habits that are simple, then I know that I can eventually repeat complex habits. But I can't jump there unless I have some histor- historical, um, you know, positive memories that I can reference to make that happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's like. You have to take it like one step at a time. Basically, yeah. you and can't just like. Hear. Like I get it. Like that's hard for me to hear too. It's. Yeah, I mean that's like I mean everything I've done with my mobility stuff. That's like exactly how it was. It's like I got my first set of exercises and I went cool. I did them for like three days and then I like immediately was like, oh hang on and I like looked up the concepts and like figured out like oh actually like this thing is moving this muscle and creating this space and this and all these other things and you know, spent a couple hours on the internet and was like, oh, actually, if I do these four exercises, I can take that same result. And instead of it taking a month, I can get that in like two weeks because that's just, (laughs) that's you. I'm ADD and that's, (laughs) that's like what I like. I don't want to take the long path. Sometimes the long path is the path. It's true. The long path is your lifestyle. Yes. Man, that, that brings it full circle. Yeah. The long path is your journey. Yeah. I, th- I think that's also like that's something to apply just for everything yeah I mean like I had a I had a moment of realization and it was like it was a little bit daunting I'll admit but I was like you know doing my morning workout you know swinging my kettlebells around and all of a sudden I was like I'm literally going to be doing this every single day for hopefully fingers crossed the next like 70 plus years that's like it's over three times my lifetime Yeah. <laughs> to this, to date. And I, I feel mean, like I've been alive change. forever. I mean, it can change. You have opportunity to change yeah. the way that you mechanically I mean, stimulate your body. Yes. But like, I'm going to be working out and physically exerting myself in some way, shape or form. First, yeah. Every day. As long as you're able. As long as I'm able. And hopefully if I do it and keep it going now, 
that will hopefully allow me to keep doing it yeah longer yeah it's longevity it's yes. you know we you know it's that's a practice though yes right well it also like it's something that like i feel that it's something that can be done longer than most people think because the way that people like you know we refer to our bodies in this like very mechanical way like you're you know you need to grease the joint you need yeah. to, like it, all these things yeah that, like, i gotta oil sound, my wheels yeah, to, it yeah. sounds great on its face and like when you apply it to like we like how we all have a vague understanding of how mechanical things work they break down over time the unfortunate thing is like our bodies are not a closed system we take in nutrients and yeah. our body goes to like putting it to work repairing fixing rebuilding building new tissue yeah. all these things and it's like there's so many i have so many of these like mental breakthroughs throughout the day and i'm like i wish more people understood these like three basic concepts yeah. of life because that would change yeah. the way we approach everything yeah i think i i know that you know how we learn things growing up is you know dependent on our environment right yes and um if there was a way to incorporate it's hard it's like we have a way that we learn right and that develops probably early on right oh yeah Very um early. and so if that isn't stimulated in those early years it makes it really hard to realize that learning style in later years so what you're talking about i i feel like is like it's complex you know because it's we have these conditions that were that were you know like wheel oiling the joint like we're programmed to think these things as i'm 40 my knees must be bad now like we have all of yep. these like statements that we make that's that's cognitive conditioning right to replace that memory or that thought with a different thing is mental work not physical work right yes. but that mental work will affect your physical health yes. because your mental health is your physical health but your physical health isn't always your mental health i mean it can be but like there's a direct influence of what we think to what we feel yes right and so it's like how do we you know change the phrases that we use right i'm in this space right now where i'm like really listening to how i say things yes right and i've probably said I mean, 15 things where i'm like i could probably say that differently right but it's like how do i get honest with um what i'm saying and what i believe right do i really believe that my knees go bad at 40. if i believe that my knees might start hurting at 40 because i've created this this thing in my mind this belief yeah. in my mind that now I start to feel that, right? There's a connection between our brain and our body. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, arguably, like, you know, my dad's been, like, pretty good about health and stuff. But I remember, I think it was, like, maybe, like, 11 or 12 years old or something. And he told me, he's like, yeah, he's like, you know, your brain works in binaries. And I was like, okay, explain this to me. And he's like, you can say in your head, I'm going to try your brain only has the option for yes or no. And it was that moment of mm -hmm. like, so 
I can do this or I can't do like you know there's that like famous right. like Yoda poster like do or do not there right. is no try right. or whatever <laughs> yeah something like that something something to that effect but once you like internalize that and realize like okay if you like you know obviously you have to like have the action to back up your thoughts yeah but I think you know that plays into like a confirmation bias and all, you know, manifesting and law of attraction and all of this stuff that goes on. It's like when you say in your head, you know, like for me going into this year for work, it's like, yeah, I am going to be really busy this year. And then sure enough, I book a shoot right into going into the new year and it's been cascading ever since. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to spend a disproportionate amount of my time recording podcasts and interviewing and talking to people because that's what I want to do. And then out of nowhere, I have absolutely zero time to record podcasts because <laughs> yeah. that's just where it's at. Mm-hmm. So There's power in what we believe, right? And Yes. Um, so if we believe that it's possible for us to do something um, within reason, right, if I say I'm going to win the lottery, I might not win the lottery. Yeah. Within re- it's like yes. within the structure of I'm going to learn how to be in my body again. In some way, shape, or form, if we put that out there, then we will be able to achieve a portion of that. It may not be 100% of what we our expectation is, right? We have to, yes. what, what are our, you know, this is a whole other conversation. Like, what are my expectations? And do I, do I know them? Yes. And when I have an expectation, do I work to meet it? And yeah. do I vocalize that expectation to other people? Right? That's a whole other thing. That's I expect this exercise to help me. And I'm this is a dramatic way of saying it, right? Yeah. But it's a it's a um, black or white way of saying it. So there's yeah. a lot of variant here. But like that expectation if it doesn't work in your expected time frame, right? Then the body will respond to that because then that thing never will work, right? We have that like, that we have the potential for that to be our mindset, but we also have the potential for that not to be our mindset. Correct. Right. And so it's like getting clear with our expectations of, of what we are looking for. Yeah. Does that that makes total yeah. sense. So, you know, there's lots of things before we even get into physical work. You know, there's things that we want to, how will I achieve my goal? Do I know what my goal is? I want to run a marathon again. Yeah. Right. Okay. Amazing. Please, let's do that. What are my expectations? I expect to do that in one year. Okay. That's... Have you ever ran one before? No. You know, we're, we're just getting, we're talking, you know, do you have that space to talk through it so that you can achieve your goal? Like yeah. the people in the world want to help people, want to help them achieve their goals, whatever yeah. they are. Right. But we have to know what they are too. Like as a person, I need to say, this is my goal and these are my expectations and this is how I learn. Right. That's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. And then I figure out a plan from there. Yes. But if we skip all of those steps and just go into the, the action behind it, we're missing some pieces. And so that, 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 um, that plan may not work. Yeah. Because it's not meeting our learning style. It's not meeting our expectations. It's not hitting our goal. 
even though it might it might suppose it might supposed to do that right it, yeah. we might expect it to do that we're like oh but i i did the research and yeah i did all of the things but it's not you know there's not a it's not correlating yeah there's like a miscommunication yeah almost. Any, anyways um that's awesome oh i feel like there's so much there's so much to talk about always always <laughs> uh well i think we hit like a little over an hour yeah. so i have to say i'm so glad that we were able to like finally make this happen i know yeah. we've been like trying to do this for like <laughs> three or four years so depending many on... years <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so it's been good i am very glad that we were able to have this conversation yeah, and me too hopefully uh, we'll be able to do this again sometime in yeah, the future part two yes <laughs> awesome well yeah. thank you everybody <laughs>